To help manage your energy use, Duke Energy offers assistance programs and services, including budget billing, which gives customers better control over their energy spending by establishing predictable monthly payments. Online savings calculators, which help customers understand how their homes use energy and how they can potentially reduce their consumption and better manage their summer bills. Eligible homeowners can get a free home energy assessment, which includes an energy efficiency starter kit containing LEDs, an energy efficient showerhead, and switch and outlet energy seals. This public service announcement is sponsored by Duke Energy. Duke Energy presents Conversations About Living Young with your host, Marina Kears, Executive Director of Hendricks County Senior Services. Good evening. I am Marina Kears, and you are listening to Conversations About Living Young. Thank you for joining us this evening. I am the Executive Director at Hendricks County Senior Services, and our mission is to help older adults live as independently as possible in the home of their choice for as long as possible. And uh, tonight I am pleased to have with me Chase Cotton. He is with the Hendricks County Health Department and the leader of the Hendricks County Health Partnership. Thank you, Chase, for joining me tonight. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to uh, have the uh, Chase here. Hendricks County Health Partnership has been around for a few years and my organization has been proud to partner in a lot of different ways. And we've seen uh, some of the progress that this new organization has really been able to make. Um, Chase, do you mind giving a quick overview of the health partnership just so that uh, listeners have a, have a good context for where you're coming from? Sure. So the Hendricks County Health Partnership was started in 2010 um, as a result of the Affordable Care Act passing and requiring all counties to do a community health assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, that community health assessment um, requires uh, community stakeholders to collaborate um, from different healthcare entities, mental health entities, law enforcement, public service, etc. And the health partnership was the health department's response to that call mm-hmm. and that requirement. Um, so in 2010, they did their first community health assessment, and there was about 20 people involved. And since then, it's grown to be over 350 people strong, um, people from all different backgrounds. It's very grassroots in nature. So we are not an official 501c3. We're just uh, a group of professionals that want to serve the community. So the mission of the partnership is to um, improve the, the physical, mental, or spiritual health of residents in Hendricks County. We keep it very simple mm-hmm. because we really want to utilize the agencies that already exist um, and their strengths as opposed to reinventing the wheel. Yeah. So what that looks like on a day-to-day basis is that the partnership serves as an umbrella for seven local coalitions. And each of those seven local coalitions has a slightly different focus area. I'll list them off mm-hmm. for the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the Accessing and Utilizing Healthcare Coalition, mm-hmm. which you're involved mm-hmm. in the Physical Activity and Nutrition Coalition, the Mental Health and Wellness Coalition, the Substance Abuse Task Force, Tobacco Cessation Prevention Coalition, the Minority Health Coalition, and the Interfaith Coalition. So each of those has anywhere between 10 and 40 professionals that meet monthly, that collaborate on projects, that produce educational materials, host public events, and so on. What is really neat about um, the health partnership and the grassroots work that, from, from my perspective is you have individuals from a lot of different areas 
coming together and they're working on a project and they move it forward and then they move on to the next thing and there's not a lot of delay mm-hmm. in uh, getting things accomplished. Sometimes those are, are bigger projects and sometimes they're smaller projects and, and raising awareness of certain topics. But um, I think if people were aware and just knowing that, that the, exi- they, the organization exists and the work is happening, uh, they're going to start to see some of those projects and recognize the relationship and what's going on there. So um, I, I appreciate what is happening and I think um, raising that, that awareness. But there's also some of you listening might be, um, as we were talking today, you might see areas where you could f- fill in and have some um, fill in some of those gaps and provide some support to the to the work that's happening. Absolutely. So in addition to the health partnership, you work for the health department. Mm-hmm. Um, what services um, do aging adults need to be aware of that it might be available to them or benefit them that the health department provides? Sure. So the health department in Henders County is split into two divisions, mm-hmm. the environmental division and the nursing division. Mm-hmm. The nursing division would have uh, services including different types of vaccinations, such as um, hepatitis A, which mm-hmm. is a big one right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's especially big for the listeners to this program because um, prior to sort of the baby boomer generation, hepatitis A vaccines were not required for schooling. Now mm-hmm. they are. So mm-hmm. everybody who's my age and younger has a hepatitis A vaccine. Mm-hmm. But those who are older might not have it, and it's a really um, easy way to prevent disease. So mm-hmm. we provide that vaccine as well as all of the other regularly scheduled vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Um, we will do home visits if there are environmental concerns on the environmental division. Mm-hmm. So um, let's say maybe a listener rents an apartment mm-hmm. um, and th- maybe the landlord is not very responsive to uh, maintenance concerns or maintenance requests. Maybe there is um, some sort of infestation mm-hmm. or there's a concern about air quality indoors. Um, those complaints can come uh, to the environmental division. We'll send an inspector to go try to alleviate that problem and work with the landlord to, to take care of the, the individual who's living there. Yeah, the indoor air quality is really important. So if, our, if people are thinking about their neighbors or their loved ones, especially if they have COPD or asthma, mm-hmm. um, those are, are really significant issues and can cause a lot of health problems. And, and you can avoid a lot of unnecessary trips to the ER Absolutely. if indoor air quality is maintained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so if people have um, have those kinds of needs, I think reaching out to the health department is a is a great resource, um, and getting getting some resources, information, uh, whether it's on the health side or the environmental side. Yeah, and another great place to find information just for mm-hmm. Hendricks County, if you're um, if you live here as a listener, mm-hmm. is um, the health department and the partnership partnered together to produce a community resource guide mm-hmm. online. And that guide has 45 different topics. Each of those topics um, would, would have different types of, of organizations and nonprofits and government entities and um, uh, NGOs, et cetera, that provide services according to that topic. Yeah. It's got website links and phone numbers and addresses. It's very comprehensive. And it's always up to date. There's a page on there specifically for older adults mm-hmm. um, that includes all the long-term care facilities, all the home care um, organizations, has, of course, Henders County Senior yeah. Services, as well as some different types of support groups that might be uh, relevant for your listeners. Would you? Does that resource guide have information on about uh, affordable housing? Yes, it okay, absolutely great. does. So... Uh, as your listeners probably know, affordable housing is a huge problem in Henders mm-hmm. County, um, specifically the lack thereof. Mm-hmm. We only have eight um, 
Section 8 housing units, which would be like the, the HUD vouchers mm-hmm. um, that you can apply for for income-based housing. And that is not enough. And they're mm-hmm. always full. And yeah. there's a waiting list a mile long to try and get into those. But there are agencies um, that will work with individuals who are looking for sustainable housing solutions in Hendricks County, one mm-hmm. of which I would um, mention is um, Community Action of Greater Indianapolis, mm-hmm. sort of our local housing authority. Mm-hmm. Another um, that really does a great uh, job at serving those who might be in some sort of crisis or be at the risk of eviction is Family Promise mm-hmm. of Hendricks County. Mm-hmm. Both of those are on our resource guide. Yeah, that's great. There's That's a, a question that we get pretty regularly mm-hmm. to the agency is where can I get information about affordable housing? And, and then second, what about long-term care uh, resources? So that's another good resource that's available. Um, well, one of the things that you mentioned that the, the health partnership has done is collect some data about the health of the community. Is there anything that you uh, found particularly interesting about the health of older adults in the community or, or that, that population that's, um, that's aging? Yes. Um, the two things that I'll mention. Mm-hmm. So the, the most recent assessment was completed in 2018. Um, the hospitals, both IU Health and Hendricks and St. Vincent Franciscan, coordinated that effort, and we partnered in the analysis. And you can find all that data online now mm-hmm. on the partnership website. The two things that I think are affecting older adults, according to the data, um, number one is, is chronic disease, mm-hmm. which there's no surprises there. Um, but specifically things related to um, both uh, obesity and inactivity. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of heart disease. Um, and then the, the second would be loneliness. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe just another way to put that is lack of social connection. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is that that's not just an older adult problem. That's something that's affecting the majority of Hendricks County residents. Um, it's a very commuter-type community mm-hmm. where... Either you live in Henders County and drive elsewhere to work, or you live elsewhere and drive to Henders County mm-hmm. for work. Not a lot of people live, work, and play in mm-hmm. Henders County. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, it's difficult to maintain long-term relationships and friendships unless you're plugged into like a local faith congregation mm-hmm. of some sort, or um, or some sort of common interest group or mm-hmm. service group. And not everybody has the time or is willing to take that extra step to put themselves out there to make right. themselves vulnerable enough to make new friends. And right. that's that affects all the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. Not having that social support um, is a huge mental health concern even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the AARP Foundation, uh, their most recent research on uh, seniors and mental health listed loneliness as one of the top mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And s- their research shows that it's the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day, that that's the I've physical that health impact yep. of loneliness. So just as an encouragement, um, Hendricks County Senior Services operates the senior center. One mm-hmm. of our goals is to just make opportunities for people to be connected there. Absolutely. And so people find friendship and connectedness over card games, puzzles, lunch, a meal. Um, finding someone who has common interests is really important. And it really can be that simple. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think, especially those of us who might be more introverted, we f- feel like there's this barrier between mm-hmm. us and getting to know people well. Mm-hmm. But it is as simple as sitting down for a meal, like right, you said. Right. We had a lady that came in, and uh, she hadn't been eating because she had cro- uh, Crohn's disease, so mm-hmm. chronic health condition that was causing her some health, serious health problems. She didn't want to eat. What it really was was that she didn't want to eat alone. Mm-hmm. So she came in uh, to the center for our food pantry, stayed for lunch, made some friends, and has been a really great part of our community ever since then. That's a great story. Yeah, she just she didn't want to eat by herself. I can't yeah. Blame her. 
I can't blame her. So, um, you know, that that's an opportunity that's that's really available to anyone. And there may be other small groups. I mean, Plainfield has a lunch bunch group mm-hmm. um, of people that get together uh, for I've lunch. I've got a list of common yeah. interest groups on the resource guide, too. <laughs> that's so great. You can find yeah, them. Yeah, that's great. So those are all free resources that are available uh, in the community, but um, can really make a big difference in, in that. Um, I think that probably speaks to the chronic disease component as well. Mm-hmm. If people are getting out into the community, some of those chronic disease issues they may have may be addressed. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I noticed that in the research that between heart disease and cancers in in uh, Hendricks County, those are really impacting our aging adults in a very negative way. Yeah, those are our top five pretty mm-hmm. consistently for the past five to ten years, mm-hmm. different types of cancers and, and heart disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're not getting screenings, I would encourage you to also get screenings. Yes, <laughs> get please screenings. do so. <laughs> Go to your physicals every six months. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So... Um, most of the older adults that I know um, probably care about the health of their grandchildren as much, if not more, than they do their own health. And mm-hmm. they have a lot of concerns for um, especially teens and, and those that who are almost teenagers. Um, so I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about some of the, the hot issues that are going on and what, um, if you have any recommendations on how grandparents can talk to their grandchildren or what resources are available um, sometimes it, it, it's a fact that grandchildren are more likely to listen to their grandparent than they are to their parent. They have maybe a deeper relationship. There's a lot more trust. Or there can be a lot more trust in those relationships. So let's start with vaping. That's that's really hot in the news right now, and the e-cigarette stores are all over our community. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do we need to know about it? Okay, so first off is just some awareness components. Mm-hmm. Number one, um, the Health and Human Services uh, Department of the United States has declared vaping a national public health emergency, an epidemic, mm-hmm. which means there are over 40% of youth between the ages of 10 to 18-ish that are currently using vaping or e-cigarette devices. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an enormous amount of kids. Mm-hmm. That's so many kids. That's more kids than they're admitting to you that they're using. Right. What? Well, um, 40% is 4 out of 10. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. And I would go as far as saying that's probably an underestimate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably closer to 50 to 60% who have at least tried it or are hiding it from mm-hmm. their parents or their grandparents. So vaping, um, even the word vaping is a misnomer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not water vapor. And companies like Juul and Blue and some of the other popular e-cigarette um, uh, companies are, are just like the big tobacco companies. Some of them are even owned by big tobacco companies. Mm-hmm. But what you're actually inhaling, what a kid is inhaling when they use that is not water vapor. Mm-hmm. It is an aerosol. Mm-hmm. Right? So think like bug spray, sunscreen, mm-hmm. hairspray. It's an aerosol like that that contains 10 plus known carcinogens. Those are cancer causing chemicals mm-hmm. as well as toxic metals and different particulates that can create popcorn lung and increase and inflame asthmatic um, uh, tendencies in the bronchi. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really bad for you. Mm-hmm. And um, they've been exploding on the market yeah. because of the high nicotine content. Okay. okay. So this is number two. They're extremely addictive. Mm-hmm. All right, so they are marketed by these big tobacco companies as cessation devices. Right. Safer is, than smoking. Right. right. And they but can help you quit. Right. It's mm-hmm. total bull. It's mm-hmm. just not true. Um, the, the devices are just as addictive, if not more addictive, than cigarettes. So one, for example, Juul Pods. Mm-hmm. Juul Pods, they look a little bit like flash drives. So okay. that's how you hide them. You mm-hmm. can actually plug them into your computer to, to charge the battery for the, the motor inside. 
And one little jewel pod of juice, of vape juice is what they call it, contains the same amount of nicotine as 20 cigarettes or about mm-hmm. one pack of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And the average amount of jewel pod smoked by your average 16-year-old is two to three a day. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, so that's, that's equivalent to smoking two to, th- two to three packs of cigarettes a day. That's how much nicotine that developing brain is getting. Mm-hmm. Um, so these companies are getting lifelong customers. Mm-hmm. So this is a massive problem. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, it's easy to hide. Yeah. So... As I said, they're often disguised. Uh, Jewel will make them look like flash drives. Blue makes them look like ink pens or highlighters. Um, there are others that are easier to spot out, um, but most of the ones that we see being used in the middle schools and high schools in Henders County are very much um, hidden. Okay. And you can blow the vapor into your sweatshirt without people noticing aside is there a from smell? the scent. Oh, okay. There Sometimes. Is a smell. Okay. Uh, it's very sweet smelling. It doesn't smell like tobacco. Um, it smells like candy and... Uh, that's another marketing technique. They make them flavors that kids like, mm-hmm. bubblegum, cotton candy, mm-hmm. um, chocolate, caramel, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, you can pretty much smoke them anywhere, and the vapor will disappear aside from that sweet scent. So mm-hmm. it's very easy to hide. So mm-hmm. that's definitely a major problem. Mm-hmm. So th- how old do you have to be to even buy the Technically, Stop. you have to be at least 18, I believe. Don't quote me on that. It might okay. be 21 okay. um, since it's but still technically a tobacco product. But if there's 10 and 12-year-olds using it, it's, it must be easier to get then. It is. It's yeah. as easy as checking a box that you're the approved age on yeah. Amazon when you buy them. Okay. So oh. if you have your parents' credit card information or PayPal account, you can buy them online and have them mailed to you without your parents ever knowing. Okay. So um, what would you recommend if you're a grandparent, you know, just just asking the question, what are some things that they can they can share that um, that you think might be effective? And and what do you do if you're a kid who says, "Gosh, now I'm addicted to this. How do I quit?" Um, so, if, for a grandparent who might think their kid mm-hmm. is is smoking a vape device, um, look for the tattletale signs of those devices mm-hmm. being hidden, okay. um, or of a kid constantly putting their their mm-hmm. mouth inside their shirt, or mm-hmm. um, you know, pulling their hood or their sweatshirt mm-hmm. or in their backpack. It looks like they're doing that often. They're probably blowing out vapors. Mm-hmm. Um, if they frequently go to the bathroom, like mm-hmm. more than what's normal, mm-hmm. um, those are some tattletale signs. And I think the best thing a grandparent could do is just spread good messages about this, like yeah. true ones. Yeah. Because right now, all those kids get is the the phony baloney marketing from the big tobacco yeah. companies. This is safe. It's an easy alternative. It's not bad for you. It tastes good. It makes you look cool. All the classic marketing techniques mm-hmm. that are just not true. If you can tell them this is causes cancer, yeah. it's going to give you popcorn lung. Mm-hmm. This is just as addictive, and it's creating addictive pathways in your brain. That really is a powerful message for mm-hmm. kids to hear from those yeah. they love. And then um, the, the follow-up to that as far as... Um, Quitting. Quitting. The, the best way to quit, I would say, in Indiana is to call the Indiana Tobacco Quit Line, okay. which is 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Okay. Um, and that will connect uh, a person to um, a licensed counselor who can hook them up with nicotine cessation medications um, and work uh, through sort of a, a, a a habitation, rehabilitation sort of thing, um, just to get them off those devices mm-hmm. as soon as possible. And you can call on behalf of your minor. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, another topic that um, we see impacting our older adults and their grandchildren is prescription drug abuse. Mm, absolutely. Um, two years ago, one of the saddest days that I, I recall at work, I had a senior uh, share with me that she lost her son and grandson within a week mm. due to... Um, 
one was a prescription drug overdose intentional and one was an accidental prescription drug overdose. And so these families are really hurting uh, Mm -hmm. because of this. And, um, and then we often hear the the commercials about, you know, you get to to get the drugs out of your house. Um, And so we're senior services. We're always encouraging people. If you have a surgery, you know, and you're, you're prescribed a pain medication that there's Mm -hmm. safe ways to dispose of it. Um, But, but let's talk a little bit about, um, what kind of an issue that is in our community, mm-hmm. the prescription drug abuse specifically, and then um, what are some resources that are available? Okay, so prescription drugs are known as opioids. Mm-hmm. They come from the poppy plant, um, the opium plant. That's the same plant that produces things like morphine and heroin mm-hmm. and fentanyl. Mm-hmm. So many people don't know that the prescription pills that your doctor prescribes you are the same substance at its core mm-hmm. as street heroin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's the first thing to understand is it's just as addictive as heroin, mm-hmm. works in the same part of the brain as heroin, mm-hmm. and that's why it is hurting so many people. Yeah. Um, so we have had an over-prescribing problem for a long time in Indiana mm-hmm. and across the United States, really. Um, for every 200 people, there are at least 175 prescriptions of opioids in Henders County, wow. which is just a dramatic number. Yeah. It's too much. Mm-hmm. There are other ways for managing pain. So mm-hmm. as a patient, for your listeners, I would encourage you to ask your doctor when you have a surgery, when you're struggling with chronic pain, ask your doctor, are there any other ways of treating this pain yeah. than opioids? Mm-hmm. Because you are just as susceptible to addiction as anyone else. Um, That's that's the thing about this particular epidemic is that the opioids do not discriminate what kind or what age of a brain they're interacting in. Mm -hmm. So whether you are a a 12-year-old who gets injured on the basketball court in middle school and gets prescribed... Um, you know, Vicodin for the pain of having a cast after surgery, or you're a 65-year-old with chronic back pain, it will affect your brain in addictive ways. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's very important to advocate for yourself. Um, The other half of that is, like you said, disposing of the medications when you're done with them. Mm -hmm. So if your doctor does give you a 15 to 30-day supply, which in my opinion is too much, Mm -hmm. you can use it for the first two to three days, three to five days, and then trash the rest. Mm-hmm. But don't just flush it down your toilet, <laughs> right. right? So yeah. oftentimes we used to flush them down the toilet, but that actually gets into our water supply. Mm-hmm. And there have been studies by the CDC that show that those medications actually stay in the water, mm-hmm. which is really bad for us, mm-hmm. all of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there are... Um, at least 12 drop boxes in Hendricks County mm-hmm. where you can get rid of that medication safely. You can also get rid of those medications at uh, the five tox away days that Hendricks County Solid Waste Management District mm-hmm. um, puts on every summer and fall. Um, and all that information is, again, available on, on the partnership website. Mm-hmm. But um, last but not least, I think it's very important to talk about the uh, uh, just the situation of addiction more compassionately. Yeah. So for so long... We have treated addiction like this dark, closeted, sweep-under-the-rug issue. It just happens in the big cities, on Mm -hmm. the dark alleyways, with people who are lower income Mm -hmm. and have no other options. And that's just not true. Mm -hmm. That's a stigmatized idea. Stigma is anything that prevents people from getting the help they need. Mm -hmm. Okay, So societally, um, we love stigma. (laughs) And we will isolate people however we can because we're afraid of what they're going through. But frankly, opioids are affecting everyone, Mm -hmm. regardless of socioeconomic status, regardless Regardless of age, regardless of how much money you make, regardless of what race you are or what color your skin is or what language you speak, it's affecting everyone. Mm-hmm. Last year we had 20, um, I'm sorry, in 2017 we had 26 individuals die in Henders County. Last year we had 20 individuals die in Henders County, all from opioid or narcotic related overdoses. Mm-hmm. So this is affecting loved ones. Mm-hmm. So instead of talking about addicts, mm-hmm. you talk about a person with addiction mm-hmm. because it's a brain disease. Mm-hmm. It's not a habit. 
It's affecting your brain. It's a mm-hmm. disease that can be treated. Mm-hmm. That's the hopeful, non-stigmatized message yeah. that we can start sharing. Yeah. And any way we can get those medications and other substances out of our medicine cabinets and dispose of safely will help our younger generations not get access to those substances that could be addicted to yeah. them. Yeah, just remove the temptation. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. Um, while we're we're talking about this, let's, let's just talk quickly about mental health resources mm-hmm. that are available. I suspect there's a great resource guide on the website. I know yes. there is. And so um, for people to check that out, there is a, a long list of what mental health providers are available in our community uh, Mm -hmm. for mental health. And I think grandparents are they are having that conversation when they notice that their grandkids are mm-hmm. are sad or withdrawn. They're the ones trying to pull them back in. And yeah. so I would just encourage people to continue doing that and to stay engaged um, with their with their teens and those that are and that may be struggling and and children. I mean, people of all ages struggle with mental health Absolutely. issues. So yeah, uh, mental health is probably the number one thing behind all the other yeah. things. It's the yeah. thing we often don't talk about again because of stigma. Mm-hmm. But suicide is the leading or the second leading cause of death for um, kids ages 12 to 18 in mm-hmm. Indiana. Mm-hmm. So that, think about how many loved ones we're losing to that thing mm-hmm. that's preventable. Mm-hmm. And again, number one way to prevent it is good treatment yeah. and non-stigmatized support yeah. relationships. Yeah, yeah. And so there's no doubt, I, I know a lot of grandparents in Hendricks County, mm-hmm. and I have no doubt for their love for their, their children, their grandchildren, and so um, yeah, encouraging them to get help and, and setting a good example by getting help if they need it, too. And That's very true. Help isn't forever. You don't, you know, I know people that see a counselor one or two times to get over uh, challenging situations, and then, uh, and then others who need support for a much longer time. And, and there's they, no shame in asking yeah, for that help, absolutely. ever. Get yeah. the help you deserve. We have dozens of really great therapists and counselors in Henders County, which again, you can find on that resource guide on our website. So um, tell me your favorite story. Um, What what kind of difference is the health department making? As kind of our wrap up. What's what's a great story to share about what you guys are doing? Sure. Um, So I'll I'll speak specifically about the partnerships. Mm -hmm. That's sort of like the public Mm -hmm. outreach of the health department. Mm Um, one coalition that I'm particularly proud of is the Mental Health and Wellness Coalition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of our most active coalitions, and um, two really cool things that have come out of that. Um, number one is a crisis intervention training for law enforcement officers in Henders County. So if you ask Sheriff Clark um, what he thinks about mental health and our jail system, mm-hmm. he'll be the first one to tell you that our jail in the county is the number one mental health provider in the county, right. which is just this shouldn't be the case, mm-hmm. right? People who are mentally ill or struggling with a mental health crisis um, end up behaving symptomatically, mm-hmm. might not be in their own control, and being put in jail because of those symptoms. Mm-hmm. And that's not the, the cop's fault, mm-hmm. right? The cops are doing their job. Right. But what if we gave officers information that could help them de-escalate situations and maybe get that person to a mental hospital or a counselor instead of directly to mm-hmm. a jail cell. So that's what crisis intervention training is. And we are proud to say we have over 25 officers trained already. Mm-hmm. And by 2025, we plan to have at least 50% of all officers with patrol right. duties trained in that. Another effort from the Mental Health and Wellness Coalition is what's called a crisis response team or a mm-hmm. psychological crisis response team, which is a group of lay responders, people just like you and me or mm-hmm. our listeners, um, who go through uh, a two- to three-day training 
Um, and that training is very low cost. It only costs about $200 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, it trains those folks to be the people that the first responders call when there is a situation that involves mental health in the first eight hours of that situation happening. So God forbid a school shooting mm-hmm. or a suicide or a really bad car accident with fatalities. Anytime there's loss of life or potential loss of life, that is very psychologically traumatizing. So these lay responders can be called to come and debrief with those folks and help however they can. Yeah. And we are developing that team and we're going to launch it in 2020. That's great. I love that those are really um, interesting ways for people to get involved. We have volunteers that um, the senior services that are part of ham radio and emergency response. Mm-hmm. The medical response team and the crisis center, uh, the emergency. What was the crisis response? Crisis team? response yeah. team. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways, and and for our retirees who are looking for really a meaningful volunteer activities, those are great opportunities. So I would encourage anyone who is interested in more information about the partnership or volunteering, using your skills and experiences to further this mission of improving health in the community. Please get in contact with you, Chase. Absolutely. Great. And that website address is HendricksHealthPartnership.org. Great. There is a lot of information on that website. And so it's also linked on Senior Services website and many others in the community. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I know this is uh, a lot of information, and it's really tough information to to, uh, take in, but... The goal is that uh, improved health helps people live more independently, and uh, we all will be better off when our community is safer and healthier. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So thank you for the work that you do. Thank you, Marina. All right. It. Thank you for joining us for Conversations About Living Young. I look forward to uh, next month. Have a good evening. This has been Conversations About Living Young with your host, Marina Kears, Executive Director of Hendricks County Senior Services. This program has been presented by Duke Energy. Duke Energy offers these tips for understanding your bill. Check the number of days in your billing cycle. Most bills are for 30 days, but there are times when the billing cycle is shorter or longer. If there are more days in the bill, it could be higher. And if you have a smart meter, check online to see if a daily usage analysis tool is available. Smart meters collect usage information by the hour, so checking spikes throughout the month, by the day, and even the hour can show what appliances and behaviors are increasing your bill. Residential customer service specialists are available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. by calling 1-800-521-2232.